So last time we went through just literally half of the first line because it introduced this idea of the, the four yugs, the ancient Hindu mythological understanding of time and the condition of humanity, condition of mankind. And so we use this as an opportunity to really look at the idea of what are these four jugs? How does Gurbani refer to them? What was the historical use of these four jugs? How did people see themselves? And then we also focused on this idea of Kaljug. And we looked at the idea that Kaljug, the age of darkness that we are said to be in, is less of a prison and more a state of being that we cultivate ourselves something that we create within our minds. All sadness, all depression, all suffering exists within our own minds. We can create that state and we can also alleviate ourselves from that state. So we're on the seventh verse and the verse began with Je Jugachare Arja. So if one's life spanned the four ages. J, if Jogchare, the four ages, Arja. Arja means your lifespan. If you elongated your life to be as long as the four Jugs. And we also talked about how long the four Jugs are. Some of the Jugs are said to be millions of years long. And so this idea of spiritual progress is what Guru Nanak Dev Ji is talking about here. What were the ideas of a truly spiritual person was seen as somebody who could control their breath and elongate their life for a really long time. So Guru Nanak Dev Ji is addressing this idea. So the second half of that line, Hor means more, Dasuni means das guni, ten times more. Hor dasuni hoi. So if I was to be able to elongate my life to the length of four jugs and then ten times more, so essentially forty jugs, if I could live for that long, je jug chare arja, if I could extend my life, my arja for four jugs, hor dasuni hoi, ten times even more than that. Dasuni is dasguni, ten times. The next line says, Nama khanda vich janiye naal chale sab koi. So, Nama khanda means, khand means regions. Nama khanda, nine. Nama means nine regions. Nama khanda vich, within the nine regions, janiye, that you become known. If you become known, if you become famous, um, the idea of these nine regions is quite often um, mistranslated as continents. It's not talking about continents. Um, it's talking about nine specific regions around India at the time. So India and the surrounding areas were split into nine specific regions according to the thinking at that time. It's around the Himalayas and all those kind of areas. So it's not related to continents. It's not talking about the whole planet. So if you were able to elongate your life 
and you were Namakhandal Vichjaniya, and you were known throughout the nine regions. And Nal Chale Sabkoi. Nal means along with Chale, everyone goes along with Sabkoi, everybody goes along with you. So if you were so famous, you had such a great reputation, yeah, that in the in all of the lands people know who you are. And everyone accepts that you are someone worthy of following. So, if you were to translate that into one line, we would say, to be known in the nine regions and everyone goes along with you or everyone follows you. To be famous in the nine regions and everyone follows you. The next line, Janga Nao Rakhai Ke. Janga Nao. If you have a good reputation, a good name behind you, if everyone speaks highly of you, Janga Nao Rakhai Ke. If you've maintained a really good reputation, a really good name, a good name for yourself, Rakhai Ke. If, if that is what you've ma managed to maintain, Jasakirat Jagle. Jag means within the world. Yeah. Now notice the spelling of jug. Jug has a sihari. So we talked about the meanings of a sihari word. Sihari words means a feminine word, or it takes a masculine word, and as soon as you put a sihari in there, it means within, within that word. So here, jug is within the jug. So jaskirat jug means the sihari means jagvich. Jagavich, within the jag, within the world. Jas kirat, jas means praise, kirat means also another form of praise. It's where we get the word kirtan from, kirat. Yeah? Jas kirat jagle. If the whole world, within the whole world, they sing your praises. So if you're able to elongate your life, if you are known throughout the nine regions, if everyone follows you, if you have a good reputation, if everyone sings your praises. So let's think about what, what is it that Guruji, what's this picture that Guruji is painting here? A lot of these things in one way or another are the things that all mankind is searching for. Everyone really wants a longer life. No one wants a short life. Yeah? Everyone wants a good reputation. Everyone wants respect. Yeah? No one wants to be known as the bad guy. We all want to be known as somebody worthy, someone doing good in the world. Yeah? So, we want everyone to agree with us. We value our opinions more than anything else, and we want everyone else to follow those opinions. It's not very easy to talk to someone who has a different opinion. Yeah, We don't get along with people like that. We say, okay, we only get along with people who agree with us, people who we have something in common with. So what are we doing? We're not judging those people. We're just holding on to our opinions and saying, if you fit within my way of thinking, then I'm going to be your friend. That's kind of how in common how we all work. And we all want praise from others. We want secretly, we really like Compliments, we like adoration, we like that respect. So Guru Nanak Dev Ji is actually 
painting this picture of all the things that mankind hopes and wants for in, in everyday life. But these are all temporary. Yeah, You can almost tell by the tone of it that Guruji is going to say something to quash the idea that he's presenting, the picture that he's painting. You know that he's going to say something about it. So long life, as long as you make it, is still a temporary life. Yeah, Life is never going to be forever. Good reputation, even if you maintained a good reputation, that's temporary. Yeah? Let's think about this right now. Your grandparents, let's say all of our grandparents lived about a hundred years ago. About a hundred years ago, your grandparents, let's say, were, were small children. And when they were small children, they even had parents and grandparents. Now, apart from, so let's talk about your great-grandparents or your great-great-grandparents were probably around maybe only 100, 120 years ago, not very long time ago. Now, you might know their name if you're lucky. But apart from that, most of us know nothing about those people. And yet they only lived in our family about 100 years ago. And they lived an entire life just like we are. Yeah? Had education, grew up, had opinions, had thoughts, had an, a respect in their community. Maybe great scholars, they may be really hard workers. They may have done really good by their families, by their friends. They may have done a lot of seva, a lot of charity work. These people who lived within our family, not, not even just a hundred years ago, they've been reduced to nothing. Because even their own family doesn't remember them. We probably don't even know their names. I barely know the names of my grandparents, let alone my great-great-grandparents. And yet within a hundred years, everything of their life has been forgotten. And if we don't remember them, nobody else in the world is remembering them. So just think about how temporary your life really is. From the time that you pass away, within a space of about a hundred years, you cease to exist. Unless you're someone who's been written about in the history books, everything that you hold dear to your life right now completely vanishes. Your friends, your family, everything disappears. Everything that you hold on to, everything you find dear in your life, is just gone. Within a hundred years or so, nobody's going to remember us. Every conversation you have, every opinion that you hold of yourself, all these big arguments, these ethical debates that you have with people about what's right and what's wrong, none of that is, is going to be something that's going to last forever. Certainly not going to last past your lifetime. Yeah, We have just about enough influence that we may influence the people around you. If you're lucky, you may have a chance to influence your children. Probably your children will do the opposite of everything you do. Yeah. So what are you holding on to? These are all temporary. These, but yet we hold on to them like, like they're jewelry. Like their gold and diamond, all these things, my life, my family, yeah, my thoughts, my opinions, we hold on to them like they're so valuable. 
But these aren't the real jewels that Barney is talking about. These aren't the real jewels in life. Gurbani has mentioned the real jewels just a couple of lines ago. At the end of the, the last verse, it talks about Matavich Ratan Jawahar Manak. Within my own being, there are some real diamonds and jewels. Yeah? If I listen to the teachings of spiritual masters, of this spiritual wisdom, that one truth, which we call the Guru, that divine wisdom, then I will reveal real jewels within my own being. So these aren't the real jewels. Yeah, Guruji is just kind of demonstrating them to us that this is not what should be valued in life. A good reputation, honor, respect, praise, long life. This isn't the things that we are talking about here. Changa naurakaike. If you have a good name, just girat jagle. The whole world, within the whole world, you get praised. If the word singular, this is singular. The word this here is singular. If that one being, that oneness, you, which is being referred to here, if we don't get the grace of you, if I don't fall within your vision, the vision of that hukum, that oneness, in a simple, simple term, we may say, if God's grace isn't on that person, doesn't come, Vat here means baat, Hindi word for to talk about you, yeah? To ask about you. Vat nobody's going to ask about you. Ke means koi, anyone, yeah? Nobody is going to ask of, about you. In the end, this is not going to count. Even if you have all of these things, in the end, this is not going to count. These aren't the things that are going to be the things that people remember about you. So, again, this idea of nadar comes. This, this concept of grace has really been pushed in every verse that we've seen so far. This idea that you don't achieve anything in your own life. It's the whole universe that is achieving for itself. Whether it happens to you is just part of the bigger game. But it's the universe's achievement. It's never our own achievement. So think about this, this idea. It's been, it's been mentioned. It, it, it can be confusing, but actually it's been mentioned in different words all throughout. One of the opening verses is all about hukam. Yeah? And then we had the word karmi. Karmi ave kapra. Yeah? Ven karma ke milele. Without karam, without grace, what do we get? So it's all about you don't take the ownership of, of this achievement. If you understand this, if you understand the Mool Mantar, this is not your achievement. This is the grace, grace of the universe. That it allows you, of all the 7 billion people sitting on the planet, the universe has allowed you a glimpse into this divine wisdom. 
But if you don't get this, it doesn't matter what you achieve in life. It doesn't matter if you have the longest life, the best reputation. You, you are nothing if you don't actually understand why you're here on this universe. If you don't understand how the universe works. If you don't understand your relationship with the universe, then what you've done within, this, within your short period of life is just been completely wasted. If you don't get that grace, then nobody will ask about you. This spiritual success is what we're talking about here, rather than worldly success, which is, which is what Guruji is talking about here. What, Bani, what, what the Gurus have said is that this wisdom is within every single one of us. This isn't about some elitist group. We're not talking about elitist information, that we have a monopoly on spiritual information. What the Guru is talking about is actually within each and every single one of us, this wisdom is already there. But you need to align yourself with the right people in life that actually just allow you to bring that out and say, you know what, your worldly respect, your material wealth, that isn't actually that important. There's a greater purpose in life. And it's not about your purpose, it's not about you achieving something, it's not about heaven or some sort of glory in the afterlife, that's not what we're talking about. It's simply about understanding, just sit back for a moment and look around you and look at the universe and what the universe is doing and say, where do I fit into this whole thing? Who am I? Am I anything important in this universe or is actually the entire length and breadth of what's happening in the universe, it just kind of sets the scene for how do we navigate through our little lives. So it's not about elitist, it's not about holding on to information. And in fact, anyone who has this information is almost obliged. You feel out of a sense of almost gratitude to the universe. You say, look guys, have you heard about this? It's not about religion. It's not about converting. It's about simply saying, do you understand what this is? What you are? Yeah, I go back to a very simple analogy that I use of a camera. Imagine that we're all cameras and we don't understand what we're here for. We don't understand what a camera is. We're just looking at ourselves in the mirror and look how shiny we are. It's kind of a silly example. But imagine the one camera that figured out what it was. Hey guys, I'm a camera. And this is what I do. And this is what I can do. And you know what? Every single one of you are. This is what you are. This is what you can do. That's simply what we're talking about. And when the camera realizes that it's a camera, it's a silly example, I understand. But if a camera realizes what it, what it is, it's like a car realizing that it's a car. That's what we're talking about. Would it not want to go and tell every single other car, you're a car? That's what you were made for. Not to sit in the garage and look shiny. Let me show you. You can drive. This is what human potential we're talking about. Guru Nanak and the spiritual masters. And, and remember, we have spiritual masters from all traditions here. They're all here saying exactly the same thing. The message is the same. From anyone who's understood what, what they are, they've come back to the world and said, Hey guys, do you understand? You are the entire universe, the entire universe, and you are the same thing. So it gives you a perspective in life. It gives you a way of understanding. Actually, the material world that I'm running after, 
me just running after my house and wealth and family, that's irrelevant. I'm actually part of something much bigger. So this is what we're talking about. And if you get that understanding, and it's not our achievement that we understand that, somebody has to give us that understanding. Somebody has to switch that light bulb on and show us this is the grace that we're talking about. So it doesn't matter what reputation you have in the world if you don't have this understanding, if you don't get that moment of grace that somebody, someone, something, the universe allows you to know this information. If that doesn't happen, then nobody cares about you. Nobody really asks about you. No one is really your friend. No one is really your relative. Yeah, Gurbani uses a very sharp, harsh analogies and reminders and shows you. It uses the analogy that the wife loves the husband so dearly that the moment the husband passes away, the wife says, get rid of this dead body. I don't want this dead body in my house. Where's the generations and decades of love? Where's that gone? The moment you become a corpse, everybody in your family says, yeah, that's a dead body. We need to get rid of that. Yeah? So it just goes to show that people love you for what they think you are. What you can do for them. How do you mutually benefit them? And unless you get this real understanding in life, those are not the, those are not the things that we're going to be running after. So we're talking about a spiritual success here. And this spiritual success, this understanding, is completely dependent on hukum, on divine will, divine grace. It's not your achievement. If the universe doesn't come to awaken you, if your vision, the way that you look at life, doesn't change, if it remains lost within the maya, lost within the material, within the illusion, then you've lost the game. So even if you're very famous, ultimately your status gets reduced to a nobody. Someone of no importance. No one really cares for you. So it's just giving us a bit of perspective in life that if you're going to run after your everyday desires, those desires aren't going to come to an end. Don't, don't think that you're going to get to a point yeah, Because there are people who've lived long and say, this is not long enough. I'm going to hold my breath until I can live for hundreds or 200 or 300 years. I'm going to elongate my lifespan. So even life, you don't think that you'll get to a point when you say, you know what? Yeah, I've lived long enough. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, If you're constantly chasing after something like, I want a long life, I want good health. Yeah. Now, let's, let's look at what we're doing today. How many times do you go to the Gurdwara and you hear at the front people standing and doing ardas for Lambi Umar? Why? Why? Because you're still connected to the body. You're still attached to the body. When someone young is born, we ask for Lambi Umar, long, long life. Yeah? Mata pita di agya. Listen to what your parents are saying. We don't ask for the right things. We don't ask for the parents to also follow the Guru. We just focus on the children. Oh yeah, let them, let them have a long life. Let, let them listen to their parents. Why don't we ask for these things? 
Why don't we ask for gyan, for knowledge, for spiritual wisdom, for awakening? We never do an ardas to say, let me break away from the illusion of maya. You never hear that ardas. Yeah? What we're standing in front of the, the deliverer of spiritual wisdom asking for material things. Long life, success, career. And we're doing it as a group. Nobody's challenging. Nobody's saying, you know what, this is not, this is not what, what the Guru is talking about. Imagine Guru Nanak Dev, you're giving a whole lecture on this, and then at the end you stand up and you ask for long life. Or a car, or material wealth. And then one by one we name everyone who's given the Gurdwara a bit of money. Material again. Why? So that we can use that money to make a nice bigger building, an extension. When the Guru has just given you a lecture on how this is not what we're talking about. Shameful, isn't it? We're all doing it, right? But let's listen to what the Guru is saying. What happens in the Gurdwara isn't what the Guru is saying. The Guru has one message. That's what we need to focus on. When you understand what the Guru is saying, then you can understand what people are doing, what's right and what's wrong. What's Guru's mat and what is society's mat? Yeah? Sangat mat. That's what we're following these days. Then you can ask the question, are they really Sangat? Or are they just community? Because there's a difference. Sangat means Sang. Sang means united. Sangat means the people who are united with this message, who are at one with this message. If you are in their company, you're in the company of true Sangat. The people who are united with this message, the true message. Not just everybody who sits in the Darbar. That's not Sangat. Because Bani says, which Sangat Har Prabhu said you? The divine exists within the Sangat. But does it exist within all the people who are sitting there thinking about their material world? Or does it exist within the ones who are connected with this message? The divine is in the people who are connected with the divine message. Makes perfect sense. Yeah? Which Sangat? Har that divine exists within the people who, who are connected with that divine. So who are we running after? Who are we praising? Who are the people that we are following? Yeah? Are we following the people who is Namakandavatijaniya, the, 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 the very famous, very well-spoken, the ones who are very convincing with their arguments? Yeah, the one who everyone follows. Yeah, everyone says, oh, this guy is great. Follow him. He's fantastic. Listen to what he says. Yeah. Changa Naurakaike, who's got a really good reputation. Everyone praises him. Everyone knows him. Are we following these people or are we following the Guru's way? Question to ask ourselves. Yeah. Where is our source of authority? Where, is, where does the buck stop? It stops with the Guru itself. With the wisdom of the Guru. In the end, nobody is going to care about you if you don't get this understanding. Now it's really rubbing salt into the wound. 
It's really putting you in your place if you think that your life is all about long life, good reputation, good name for yourself, praise, getting respect and honor from other people. You become insects amongst insects. Kita andar kitkar. Andar means within insects, you're an insect among insects. Kita andar kitkar. You become so insignificant in life. We said right at the beginning that Guru Nanak Dev Ji, if we are a fortress, if we are the house, Guru Nanak is the sledgehammer. Sometimes it's very loving, sometimes it's tough love. It is always loving, but there's just different angles to it. Because what is the purpose of every single Shabbat? Every single verse is complete in its own right. And within every single verse, that truth exists. But if you don't understand it from verse 1, in verse 2 it tries a different angle, verse 3 a different angle. At every angle, sometimes it says, right, you're not listening, come here. And you just get a gentle <laughs> tap on the back. It instills a kind of, it brings you back in line. It's like, okay, I'm really not paying attention here. Yeah, it's just a, it's just a harsh reminder. Yeah? Kita andar kitkar. So, is Guru Nanak being a little bit too extreme here? Is he, why should somebody who's just lived a good life and, and earned an honest reputation, why, why, should, why should they become insects amongst insects? The ones who have reached sort of material success, let's talk about. Well, for me, the way I translate this, the way I understand this is, I think it really depends on how do you get that success. And with that success, where is your state of ego? Because if within the success, you say, I've got a really long life, I've got a really good reputation, everyone in the world knows me, everyone follows me, everyone sings my praises. Yeah? Then to me, at that point, there's a lot of ego that comes with that. This is not talking about the very humble people here. This is talking about the very proud, very well-respected, the ones who are widely followed. So, how do you get there? Do you get there in humility or do you get there in ego? And a lot of the time, if we look at even material success, the richest of the rich have only got there through exploitation. In some way or the other, they have to exploit others. So their success is based on the failures of others. So again, what is the, what is the route that they've taken to get there? So Burana Devji here is, is outlining that true greatness isn't with those people who've got the greatest reputation in the world. True greatness is by ones who've completely dissolved themselves of their self-identity, of their ego. That's true greatness, not material success. And in a way, it's also being harsh as a harsh reminder to say, all of this material success, that's actually going to cause you suffering in the end. Because it's not going to go with you. No matter how long your life is, it's still going to end at some point. So why are you holding on to long life when eventually the long life itself will come to an end? Even if you have an amazing reputation, eventually that will come to an end. 
eventually that, will, that won't be forever. So Guruji is just giving you a, a very harsh reminder and saying, look, this is, this is not where it's at. If you think that this is what's important, eventually you will return back into the earth. You are going to die and you're just going to become dirt amongst the insects. When we die, we all just merge back into, back into earth. And what do we find in the earth? Just insects running around, yeah, crawling all over our bodies. You become insects, you become food for the insects. Kita andar kitkar. You become nothing. Dosi dostare. Dosi means a doshi, a sinner. Dos means to be punished. Tare, brought. As a sinner, they are punished. Now, this is a line that needs to be taken with this understanding that we've been getting so far. We're not talking about an afterlife. We're not talking about a heaven or a hell. We're not talking about a vengeful, wrathful God who looks at your life and says, you've not done good in your life, I'm going to punish you. We don't have any of these such concepts. Dosi Dostare is talking about if you focus on the things that elevate your ego, that alone will punish you. Your ego alone will hurt you. Eventually, that which you thought brought you pleasure will bring you suffering. And that suffering will be so bad that in the end you might ask the question, why am I being punished? How often do we hear that? I'm a good person. I've lived an honest life. I've never harmed anyone. Why, God, are you punishing me? It's not God who's punishing you. It's not the universe who's punishing you. It's your own mis misunderstanding. Your own way of living will reduce you to, to ashes, to dirt, to insects, and that alone will reduce you to be punished. Not punished by some dualistic external God, some master or something. We're not talking about that. You are the cause of your own punishment. Remember, we talked about, within this, we've talked about the four jugs. And the jug that we're in is Kaljug. And we've already understood that Kaljug is self-inflicted. The age of darkness that we talk about isn't like a prison that we're in. It's self-inflicted. And within that Kaljug, you will remain in that Kaljug, dosi dostare. And within that, in, within Kaljug, we're all, we're all sinners. Why? Because we're in a state of darkness. What is the sin that we're talking about? Let's be clear on this. We're not talking about what everybody understands sin to be. If I steal, I'm a sinner. If I kill, I'm a sinner. If I murder, I'm a sinner. That's not what makes you a sinner. There's only one thing that makes you a sinner. There is only one sin. Forgetting what you are. If you know what you are, you alleviate yourself from sin. If you forget what you are, that itself is the sin. That itself is the punishment. If you forget where you are in the universe, where is your place amongst this great atma within the param atma, amongst this bigger life? Then you will become a sinner 
and punished because you yourself will cause that suffering. Forgetting Naam, forgetting the true wisdom is the punishment. And yet, something that's very humbling is that you don't get this gyan, you don't get this wisdom of your own accord. Because we've already said, If I don't get grace from you, I'm going to be here. Notice how little control you have. If I don't get your grace, I'm going to be amongst the low of the low. If it's in your grace, I may get this wisdom. Some of us have this wisdom. We all have this wisdom talking to us every day. But we don't have the grace to understand that wisdom. Yeah? Those who are lucky enough to be bought, brought up within this understanding. Your parents, your grandparents have brought you up all along saying, listen to this stuff. But for whatever reason, it never clicked. It never came to you. So even though you're surrounded by this wisdom, you may not have the grace to understand this wisdom. Yeah? And that's hukam. Hukam isn't all fluffy. It's not all wrapped in cotton wool. Hukam is the universe as it is. In all its loving glory and in all its harsh practice, the way the universe works. Look at nature. It's wild. It's not sugar-coated. It's not fluffy. If we were to live the way animals live in nature, we would be in torture. We cannot accept the way the universe is. But the universe is just doing that all the time. I'll give you a simple example. We call ourselves lions, right? Sing. Look at the behavior of lions. Lions themselves are not very nice animals. They're ferocious, but they're not nice animals. If a male lion is challenged by an, another male lion, yeah, a male lion is the only male within its pride. One male, lots of females. That's how a pride of lions works. If that alpha male, let's say, has been challenged by an external male, and the actual male of the pride loses the battle and he has to leave, the first thing that the new male does is he kills all the children. This is nature. The first thing, as small as the tiny little lion cubs are, the little cute fluffy little ones, we've all seen the Lion King, the first thing that that lion does is kill every single one of those children. Say, I don't want these offspring. I'm going to create my own offspring. This is the wildness of nature. If that kind of stuff happened in human life, we would lose the plot because we cannot live within hukam. This wisdom is about living within that hukam. Guru Gobind Singh Ji had that happen to him. He had his children taken away from him. He had his father taken away from him, his mother taken away from him, his grandfather taken away from him. He's great, great. He comes from a lineage of just one sacrifice after another. 
then he can call himself a lion. Because he's living in the harsh reality of what lions go through, what nature really gives to you. And he sits happy within all of that, completely content. This is the way life is. This is the wisdom that we're talking about. It's not fluffy. Yeah? It's not all cute and soft. Reality, if we are in line with reality, we are saved. We can look after ourselves. If we cannot accept reality in, in everything that it delivers to us, we're in hell. We are in our own punishment. We are reduced to, to insects. That's what Guruji is talking about here. And how do we get that wisdom? If you give this grace, then I'm, I'm nothing. I don't get any possible chance of creating this wisdom within myself. Yeah? You'll never read that line the same again. Yeah? Big, heavy concepts. But to me, when you deliver something harsh, then... Guru Nanak also comes and caresses, puts your arms around you. Like the father, like the mother who scolds the child, then says, okay, now that you understand it, come back in, hugs the child, brings them back into their embrace. Nanak nirguna gunkare, gunavantya gunde. So Guru Nanak's talking to the spiritual elite here. He's talking to the ones who consider themselves spiritual masters. Imagine Guru Nanak as quite a young man going out to the world and saying, this is the wisdom that I, I have to deliver to the world. And all the spiritual elite are saying, who are you? You're just a young man. Who are you? You don't have any lineage. You don't come from any special guru. Who have you learned this stuff from? We are great yogic masters. We can extend our life long. Everybody's heard about us. We're the, you know, this is where it's at. This is, we are the ones who know the spiritual wisdom, not you. You are valueless, you're nothing, who are you? Nanak refers to these people, yeah, he's talking to these people, and he says, you think somebody like me is a nirgun? You think someone has, like me has no value, but even someone as low as me, someone which has got no great lifespan, no amazing name around the world, he says, but at least... I've had this grace. Nanak nirgun gun kare. The oneness has given this grace to even a nirgun like me. And to all the lowly people, to all the simple, common men, common women, the nirgun, he's not referring to these people. He's not calling them nirgun. He's referring to us simpletons. Even us simpletons, even if we don't manage to do some great thing with our life, we don't manage to get a massive name for ourselves. We don't manage to elongate our life. Even to those nirgun people, we can get this grace. So this grace isn't limited to the spiritual elite. It's not limited to the, the Brahmin caste or the ones who think they have a birthright to know this knowledge. This is available to all mankind. Nanak, Nirgun, Nanak says that to the normal people who are not seen as something special in life, even they can get this gun. Nanak, Nirgun. Gun means the virtue. They can get this value. Notice the word gun is singular. 
this one jewel of what? What is the gun? The previous line talks about Gura ik de bujai sabna jiyaka ik data. Ik de bujai. Give me this one understanding that everyone is part of this one great oneness. Gura ik de bujai. Give me that one understanding. That's the gun that you receive with grace. Nanak nirgun gun kare. To the lowly people, this greatness, this value, this virtue can be achieved. And even to the ones who call themselves Gunavantya, even the ones who seem to have everything in life, even they need this. Everyone needs this. Nanak says the Nirgun gets this value. Yeah? In some way, they get it first. They get it first because the ones who've got a real good name for themselves, they have an ego. When they have an ego, they can't understand this. It's the ones who, who are low. We're nothing. We're, we're common. We're, we're just ordinary people. Those people with, with humility, they get the understanding first. Nanak nirgun gun kare. The nirgun gets the understanding first. The low, the common, the everyday man, they get this understanding and they might even pass it on to the, the great gunavantya. Yeah, the great valuable people in life. Even they can get it. Gonavantya, gonade. Even to the virtue people, the virtuous people, they also get it. So how do we get this grace? We get it by Guru's kipa, the Guru's grace. Yeah, via the Guru. We get this understanding. So look look at the previous verses that we've talked about. Tirat. We've talked about Tirat. Yeah, so... Imagine the people who've gone on lots of yatras, lots of holy pilgrimages in life and says, yeah, who are you? You've, you've not been anywhere. I've been to all the spiritual places all around the world. Yeah, I've done all the yogic things. I've done all the spiritual things. Yeah, I've done all the holy things. To those people, they might see themselves as high and they might see everybody else as the low, the nirgun. They, you, haven't gained, you haven't gained anything in life. Yeah, I've done all the great things in life. Guru Nanak says, those people will get it. They get the grace. Yeah? And the spiritual people get it. This, this, this wisdom isn't elitist. It isn't restricted to, to certain people. This is available for everyone. The thing is, we talk about this like it's an old concept. Even now, there are Brahmins who walk around thinking that they're God's gift to the earth. Who think... Yeah, we've studied all the Hindu scriptures. We've studied all the, the great knowledge. In every tradition, you get the ones who think that they're higher than everyone else. Within the Sikh tradition, you get people who say, well, we've, yeah, we've taken Amrit, we've done this, we've done that. Yeah. Within the Islamic tradition, they believe that they're the highest ones and everybody else are sinners. In Christianity, they say that we're the only saved ones. Unless you follow Christ, everybody else is damned. Everybody is creating an elitism and a monopoly for themselves. Guru Nanak Dev Ji is addressing this idea that all of you people who think you've achieved something in life, you achieve nothing. It's grace that you get this understanding and it doesn't come to the ones with the big egos. It comes to the one with no egos. You have to surrender your ego. Because what is this understanding? This understanding is that there is far more to life than me. That alone requires you to lose your ego in order for you to even understand that concept. 
But even the ones who've elongated their life, Guru Nanak Dev Ji is not excluding anyone. Yeah? Nanak Nirgun Gunkare. All the Nirguns, the so called, you know, unvaluable, invaluable people, the ones who don't have any value in life. Yeah? The ones with low value, they can get this grace. And the so called high value people, the Gunavantya, even they can get this. It's never too late. Even if you've done all the wrong things that Guru Nanak Dev Ji is pointing out in life, it's never too late. Lose your ego, you can get this grace. And the final line says, Teha koe na sujayi jetis guna koe kare. So, Teha, there's, there's a lot of words here which sound like they're quite common Punjabi words, but you need to just understand what, what they're talking about here. So, Teha means Tere Jeha, like you, or Tesa is another word that's used. Teha. Like you, O Divine, Koena, there is no other, Sujay, no one else is known like you. No one else is talking now to the Divine, the one who really gives the spiritual wisdom to everyone. Deha Koena Sujay, there is no one like this oneness who gives this understanding. And there is no one that can give virtues. Yeah? There are no people that can share this knowledge and say, well, don't worry, come to me, I'll give you all the spiritual knowledge you need. I'll enlighten you. Yeah? Enlightenment isn't passed on from one person to another. It's passed on by spiritual grace, by divine grace. Deha koi nasuje. Nobody is known like that. Jetis kare. Who can give virtues out? Yeah? There is nobody who can just hand these virtues out. It all comes from jetis nadar ave. Yeah? If this grace comes from you. No one else can save these virtuous people except Divine Grace. Mm -hmm.